With 10 years of experience and 20 countries later, Alain Romero is no stranger to urban sketching. His desire to connect, create, and serve fueled him to see the lines, the lines of connection, experiences, and to share his artistic gift with the world through teaching. In this episode, we talked about urban sketching as a form of exchange, art as a vehicle for connection, how life experiences can be pivotal for you to pursue your deeper calling, letting go of the desire to be perfect, how to create a seven-minute sketch, how eye level is a magnet, and the fundamental values of urban sketching. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etrolab.com. Hey, this is Jesse, and I'm an artist and studio host for Etrolab. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. So join us in this journey, and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. I started obsessively drawing when I was a boy, eight, nine, ten years old. I would spend all day, four to six hours a day sketching. Uh, and it was cartoons, comics, and things like of that nature. Um, and I chose to be an architect because already at nine years old, I thought that it would have been a tough life to be an artist. Like it would <laughs> like starving artist kind of thing. That's true. That yeah. was just what I, we, we were told. So then I went with the, the architect route so that I could still have the craft and sketching ability. And so now come full circle holistically now, uh, it's like sketching and creating, uh, building and urban sketches is now part of my, my work in architecture. So, okay. yeah. So pretty um, young, eight, nine years old. I could kind of elaborate on that. When I started there, when I was young, some something happened in that journey from like young boy to teens okay. and adolescent years and early twenties where I stopped. I didn't really sketch. Oh. Maybe I was, I think I was made fun of when I was a boy, like for carrying around a sketchbook and okay. just those things. I think I lost some artwork at a first exhibition when I was young and those kind of trauma moments. I think mm. those kind of, made me not really focus on art. So, yeah. So then when I, I went to go study abroad in Spain as an mm-hmm. architecture student, and I knew I had this like deep inner desire to master the ability to sketch because it was just something that I had done when I was a boy. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was the time. It was like a pivotal moment where I can go study abroad and really harness that craft and bring it back home and continue it. Um, yeah, I also remember in early years in architecture school, I would carry around my sketchbook and like, and sketch at the table at lunch, but I wasn't that good. It was just kind of like just mm-hmm. the act of it. And, and I remember even my classmates in architecture school would make fun of me. Like some people are be like, <laughs> even, even when I was in my twenties, so it had to be, Okay. Yes, I had to be resilient to be like, no, this is just what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm going, you know, what I'm going to do. So then when I went to go study abroad in Spain, as I was preparing for that, my first internship, architecture internship, I go with my brand new sketchbook. It's like fresh. Um, there's no pages done on it. And I went to go share with the job captain. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an older gentleman. 
late fifties, I'd say. And I shared the sketchbook handed it to him. This one, this exact one. Okay. That's a and he, sketchbook. Yeah. I actually never continued working in that. You ended up working in a different one. Yeah. But he he looked at it and he said, I remember when I used to sketch and that I saw this feeling of regret in him and that it's almost broke my heart to see that that happened to him. And I thought, I never want to feel like that. So, so that, that yeah. yeah, that was like a catalyst there. It was like a spark. Mm-hmm. The, the fear of feeling regret made me take even uh, harder action. So it was that inner desire first, and then it was that, and then combined with that, when I went to go study in Spain, uh, that's what really launched it, launched it off. Thanks, Alan. So take me back to your journey. Yeah. I've read in your Absolutely. bio, yeah, yeah. that, of, how long did you stay in Spain? Barcelona, um, right? Yeah, so it was Segovia and then Barcelona. So half and half for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was only supposed to stay for four months. Okay. I was one semester. I brought enough money for four months. Mm-hmm. And, but when I got there, it was more about photography, more about uh, partying and, and getting, getting to know all the people out there and just getting immersing myself in more of the culture rather than sketching because it wasn't a habit yet. It was just yeah. something I romanticized in my mind. Okay. So, so yeah, I was out there for the first, first period. And let me just show you a sketch. I haven't shared these before, but this is wow. what I was doing out there before. This is how it started. These are pencil sketches. Those are really great. Um, so this was be, this was when I was afraid to use ink and watercolor. Oh. So th- these were the first sketches that I did out there. Mm-hmm. Alan, um, just a quick question to that. Why were you afraid to use ink and watercolor? Because, yeah, I noticed that they were all in pencil. Right. Um, the perfectionist inside of me mm-hmm. had that aspect. Um, yeah. And... I didn't produce before, produce to learn, produce to create and iterate. It was more like if I sat down, I wanted that to be like a perfect image. And that was really affecting me from growing. I see. And it, 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 it didn't make it fun. Like it wasn't fun. It was more like yeah. it was more stressful. Mm-hmm. It was that first three, but then that time ran out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, call, I asked my family back at home, will you uh, help me to stay another semester, provide me with some money to stay out here? And they said, like, like <laughs> we support you, but we can't do that. Okay. Like, we can't help you to stay out there. So come back home. And I said, no, I, I'm not ready to go back. Mm-hmm. So I extended another semester. And then that, because I ran out of, t- uh, ran out of money, I had to figure it out. Okay. So learning from observation, from seeing other artists on Instagram, um that was seven years ago and just kind of observing other people's techniques like how much people were producing mm-hmm. uh, it, it it instilled more like things that i needed to do like visualization techniques and some some actionable things so one of them was um i carried around a little pocket sketchbook this one a cute spot yeah sketchbook and and i started sketching in color pencil so that i couldn't mm-hmm. erase it okay. and i I called them seven minute super sketches. Ooh, seven I would, minutes. I would skate around Barcelona okay. and my, my skateboard 
and I'd um, you know post up in a plaza, in an alleyway, wherever, even in the in the metro, mm-hmm. in the train. And I'd set a timer, seven minutes, and it would go off, and then I would change spots and continue doing that. Okay. So that's this is how they started. It was very loose. It was quick, yeah. but it was to get me to take action and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, very loose. Yeah, those are very loose. Um, compared to the style that you have now. Yeah. So there's been a. It's only seven minutes. It's amazing what you can well, do. Well, I mean, they were seven minutes, but I'm sure that I, you know, I probably, yeah, maybe embellish them a little bit later. But like, so yeah, some from the metro. Oh, so cool. So this this kind of movement got me to just get comfortable with creating. So here's the thing: after that, I did started to produce collection, mm. and that collection is in this book, and. From there, I made copies, postcard sketches. Okay. And from there, I went and made, I, I admired uh, musicians that were like using their skill and, and their talent, the gift to make some money on the street. Right. So yeah. I thought I could do that. I made copies, I made postcards, mm-hmm. and I sold them from this bag. Is that leather? That's a very cool bag. It's and- a leather bag, and I still use it today. It's got a lot of weathering and age to it. But I put a three euro sign here. Mm-hmm. And these are the same postcard prints that I had on back then. They're like still on there. Wow. So I would, I just did what I normally did. I would go and sketch and uh, post up on a corner or wherever. And I opened the bag, but I would do my thing. Mm-hmm. And on that first day, um, like floods of people, like locals and, and tourists and I made enough money to eat for two weeks. Wow. In that first day. I'm I'm telling I had like no money left in my bank account. Like nothing. Uh Okay. I just remember running like to the train station at the end of that day with a bag full of coins and (laughs) cash. And just like, like I was a leprechaun running in in the train station. (laughs) I I could vividly imagine because I went to, yeah, I went to Barcelona in 2016 and I saw a lot of artists like painting in the you know around the plaza and I can like sort of imagine how you were doing it that was right. seven years ago was it that was seven years ago yeah wow and what was the most memorable would you say like pivotal experience when you were in Barcelona hmm yeah well um my best friend uh at the time he passed away I'm sorry here in Cal- California and I had, hadn't sketched La Sagrada Familia yet. Mm-hmm. I was intimidated by it, the intricacies, the detail. details. And I, I remember I was like, you know, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go. It was around the same time that I found out that my best friend passed away. And so then I went to go sketch and I basically blacked out for like eight hours. And I just sketched all day. I poured it all on, onto the page. So I could, I could share that with you now. Yeah. This drawing is definitely dedicated to my friend, Nick Vance. And um, this is the first book that I had. Wow. Here's, here's the sketch. So intricate. Like the details. Yeah. And the shadows and contrasts. It's... 
Pac-12 era? This was definitely one of the more impactful days. Uh-huh. Um, you could tell. There's yes. a different level yes, of, it's, uh, yeah. of detail there. Eight so, hours. Yeah, I kind of just went for it. So that was one of the more memorable experiences that I had. And through the time, I found ways that um, art was not only a way for me to sketch and get better and have fun to express myself, but it, it, it allowed me to connect with people from all over the world. And these little postcards, they were just things that people, they were like little moments, mm-hmm. not just a piece of paper, but they were an experience that people can have yeah. and take home with. Cause they got to see me sketching and then the act of that. And then the conversation we had, and then they mm-hmm. took something on with them. So then that's like when see the lines was born, it was this act of creating, connecting and serving all, all in this, this one moment. So yeah, that's, that's, what's been fueling the journey from there. That's really the follow up question that I, that I have um, a lot. And thank you for sharing that story about your, your friend, your best friend, and I'm sorry for, for your loss. But you're absolutely right. And art is just, it's more than just, you know, sketching or drawing or painting. It's like what you said, it's the experience by the people who saw the, the art piece, you know, capturing that moment and having the ability to take them home with them. You mentioned connect, yeah. create, and serve. And the follow question that I have is that's the, really the mission of See the Line. So take us through that journey of how that started for you. What made it so? What's with see the why see the lines like what you hear so far make more art the podcast is made possible by listeners like you so we would like to give a shout out to Jeanette Salib from YouTube she said listening to one's advice and experience is so informative thank you for sharing this interview Barbara Milbrad said fascinating podcast and beautiful art thank you make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now thank you for your support now back to the show yeah why see the lines yeah see the lines is this uh it's a lifestyle when we're you're walking around you see moments you see lines i see lines and edges and uh it's almost like you see through x-ray vision almost yeah so see the lines is not only it's seeing the lines of how, how to draw but it's seeing the lines of connection see the lines of of uh experiences just connecting all, all the things. So that's really um, profound. See the lines. Um, I was drawn to to your Instagram because there are a lot of stories there. But one thing that really captured me is like what you said, your ability to connect with the people. Because you've traveled with around 20 countries now and you've met a lot of people. You've experienced a lot and you've sketched a lot of places. But there's one particular story that really struck me. It was that story of a woman is based in Thailand. Can you share a little bit more about that? So there's, there was a sketch that yeah. you did about three years ago, yeah. and then you came back and met the owner of that house. And you right. could capture that moment. So can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah, let me show you the, the sketch I have here. Okay. So that was... Yeah, that's, um, that's the house. This sketch here. And this was a, a mountain lodge in Pai, Thailand, and the north of north of Chiang Mai. And I went oh, went Chiang back three, three years later, mm-hmm. 
and I stopped by the house and, and took a photo with it on, on site. And she was there and, uh, and she was so happy to um, see, see her home. And, and she didn't, we didn't, she didn't speak much English, but we didn't need, she didn't need to. Uh, we just kind of connected on both of this, the fact that we're admiring mm. creativity, admiring art together. And then she invited me inside. I met her family yeah. inside and uh, she wanted me to meet her daughter. And, and <laughs> oh, okay. You come back, you stay, you stay and you stay with me. I'm like, okay. It was lovely. And, and that all happened because I just did, I did a sketch of the home. So that was right. an open door. So sketching is much so much of a vehicle for us to travel and open doors and connect. Yeah. That's that was yeah. Really, yeah, yeah, that was really an amazing story. I saw the video of you with the with the woman and she was just you know, you're right, she doesn't speak a lot of English, but you can tell that she was wow, it's so good. And plus it was three years ago, so something has changed with her house. Mm. And you yeah, um, can really see that you were yeah. able to capture it yeah. three years back. So that's really a yeah. memory captured in time um, through your sketching. You do a lot of traveling and you know you met a lot of people. So with Sea the Lines, you decided to create a course um, mm -hmm. which was shot in Mexico. Why Mexico? Right. Um, Mexico is, is just our front yard right down the street from okay. Los Angeles. Very oh, easy okay. to travel during the pandemic times. Mm -hmm. um, went down there, it was a quick flight, and I thought it would be a great place to start because okay. I can connect with the local community and com I can speak Spanish really well. My mom is from Mexico. She went with me and she uh, was my PA. She was my production assistant. <laughs> so that was the photo where your mom went with you. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay, but normally my mom is the worst with cameras. <laughs> Maybe some of some of us can relate to that, but mm. it was, I gave her a GoPro 4k that has like such a wide angle view on a gimbal. So she couldn't mess up. She's just like <laughs> following me around. That's true. I went out, went out there and uh, brought tripods and like two or three cameras, microphones and filmed and everything on location. And I came back home and then just like edited it, put some music, some vibes, some environment, mm. and then produced a two hour course for that. Yeah. So that that was the story behind that. Let's let's back up a little bit. So you said you started pretty young, and I know that your dad, your father, is also an artist. Would you say that he's your biggest influence as to why you started with art? House, yeah, yeah, I would say maybe from from such a young age. But um, you know, you I guess when you you consume everything up to the age of eight years old, yeah. That's, that's like a, what they say, like up to eight, that's who you are. That's who you become. Yeah. And so I think maybe seeing his sketches or seeing how creative he was, but he was more for himself. It was more of a private thing. I see. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of definitely taken the baton and uh, ran with it further. So he was a, an inspiration there. And I think that, but also the fact that my dad passed away when I was 17. So with that, it was also like he left a legacy mm -hmm. for me to carry on. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a chance to also imbue more into his art. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like this, I have a mission. 
and a duty to to do this. It's so it's so much a, of a deeper calling than just like just a sketch. It's a lot more than that. Yeah, I love that you mentioned about a deeper calling and that scene with the girl in with the four-year-old girl you mentioned it's in Spanish but then you translated it so I kind of understood it it said patience and passion right so those two together and I, I know it took some time for you since you've stopped for a while but here you are living out what you're really meant to do and I love the fact that you at the end of the day you always ask yourself these three questions did I create did I serve did I connect? Mm. And I love that part of you, Alan, because it's really more than just, you know, sketching on the surface, like being in one place, but there's this deeper connection that you have with art and that it can be seen with, you know, what we see on the gram is just, like I said, surface, but hearing your stories about the places that you've been, the people that you connected with, these will live on the experiences that they've had with you. Um, hmm. the memories that were captured and from what they've seen as you sketch. I, I've seen a lot of videos of you. People are like hovering and then watching you sketch. Pick up a place hmm. from the 20 countries that you've been. Which one would you say is your most favorite, most memorable even? Yeah, I would say the, mm, it definitely has to do with the experience. Mm -hmm. It could be some places were more beautiful than others. Right. And, more interesting, but the experience definitely creates the strongest memory. And that was with Cuba. Cuba, oh. 2017. So there was a, an open window that the US could travel there. So I uh, took a trip solo as I normally do. I'm solo, but I'm never lonely. Uh, so I was making friends. Yeah, okay. Catch making friends, <laughs> new friends. And uh, I would say it was Cuba, it was, because and why? Because I think I, I, I was very emotional. It was a very cathartic experience. Seeing some of their lifestyles, uh, uh, connecting with the, the people on a very, uh, on a real level. I, I remember uh, sketching just in Trinidad, Cuba, and it was here. Oh, yeah, I yeah. posted up sketching and uh, normally people are, you know, slinging the uh, camera, quick, mm -hmm. quick, snap, 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 keep moving. Right. Oh, they're sketching, as you know, we're, we can sit there for hours, mm -hmm. hour, two to three, four hours. So with the Cuban local community, a lot of them, it's, it's very much like porch life. Everybody's sitting up in our porches and, and the, the streets, they're all like connecting and, and like it's like a rhythm. There's a hum, there's a buzz and everybody connects with each other. So they're starting to, to find interest. Like who's this guy sitting there for so many hours. Okay. And so they started to come over. They're very interested. And one of the unique things about sketching that is so cool, urban sketching is that it invites some of the more pure moments that you can have. I can't go up to a child and talk to a child. You just can't, but a child can come up to you and talk to you. Right. So if I'm sketching, like there's these kids, they're like really interested and, and it's so funny. And then the parents come over, they invited me over. Mm. We went horseback riding the next day, mm -hmm. the whole family, the cousins, the aunts, the tia, everybody, abuelo, they're all there. And they said, we want to invite you over for dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. So then I just, I, I had a new family That's in true. Cuba. That's true. Because 
of sketching. sketching. <laughs> Which brings sketching. me to this, I think this is one of the bullets in your mission is to turn a connection in a, me- a memory to savor. Sketching yeah. became a means for you to access the universal language of admiration right. for creation. Yeah. And I, I was like, just pondering on that line. And that's so true. Just with the, the example that you just shared, um, your experience in Cuba. And I love when you mentioned that you, like, you burn another family. You're, you're right. You're traveling solo, of course, with your sketchbook, but you're meeting new people and building new connections, mm. which all because of art, all because of sketching. So tell me more about, because I know that you've been teaching and I'm going to touch on this a little bit later uh, to talk about your class with us, with Etcher. But what made you decide to teach? I think that the connection aspect, Mm -hmm. um, I found that by urban sketching, being able to connect, um, I missed... I missed some of that, I think, through the pandemic, not being able to connect. And so through this process of doing some inner work and figuring out what my voice is, what the message is, then it was like, I can connect through teaching Mm. and through sharing my gift. And, And to see others actualize their ability abilities is probably the greatest gift that that I could have in return. So it's not only the skills, but I think it's more of a mindset and it's more of a, yeah, a a mission and a purpose kind of with sketching. But how has your life changed now that you're not not able to travel as much as you can prior to the pandemic? My life has uh, changed since the pandemic in such a way that it's been um, somewhat of a blessing, I would say. Mm. Less distractions, more focused. Um, and that has, has made me do the inner work that I needed to do in order for me to figure out what are the next steps to create, connect, and serve. Um, Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I think that I don't think I would have started my courses if it wasn't for, you know, the pandemic. And I and recently went to the Yucatan on a mission to discover a place for a, a, a retreat. I'm going to host like a small group retreat in Valladolid with all the cenotes, swimming in caves and sketching the haciendas. So I met a wonderful family there um, that I stayed with for the first week. And, and, and uh, they ended up actually asking if we could trade for me to stay longer if mm-hmm. I could do a sketch of their home. Oh, that is a good trade. So that's, that's a little secret that I can share <laughs> in part. That sketching is actually a form of exchange too. You can use mm-hmm. it as a, as a form to share your gift and then someone else will share their gift with you. That so. Is- I got to stay longer. And then we talked about how we can do a retreat together and they have a whole property, a garden, a pool. And so that's coming up next year as well. Next year. That sounds like a beautiful retreat, I would say. Yeah. That's going to be exciting for you next year. And from, from what I've heard, sketching art itself has opened doors for you, like a ton of opportunities. Like this pandemic, you started your course and the next year you're going to have your retreat. And which 
brings me to the class that you will be having with us at that shirt this coming September. Right. Yeah. What will you be demonstrating for your live demo? Um, I'm glad you asked. This, mm -hmm. for the demo, I, I, I was over, way overthinking it before. Like, okay. what am I going to do this? Finally, I just, you know, let's simplify it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to actually, I was just in Wisconsin and Madeline Island for the urban sketching retreat mm -hmm. with uh, James Richards, Sherry Blockoff, uh, Uma Kelker, and Paul Easton. There was the, the four teachers. And I've been sketching solo for seven years, meaning like I've just, I haven't met up with urban sketchers. I've been doing this on my own journey, mm -hmm. but seeing others through yeah. Instagram. And so to go there and connect with people that are just as crazy and obsessed <laughs> and in love with this craft mm -hmm. was like such a cool gift. So I'll be doing um, a demo on. Ooh, that's so detailed as well. This sketch. Of, uh, the windows. Is there enough detail here? Yeah. Or enough, can you, there we go. The lighting is kind of tough. So I think we're going to focus on this drawing first. It's a shorter demo. Mm -hmm. And then for, this, for the workshop, we're going to do the whole cabin. And we're going to add color as well and I did a quick demo today uh, oh. for you know for the colored version yeah. um, here wow. so this will be the quick demo that I'll do and then we'll do the bigger cabin for the workshop for the mini workshop and what I what I so I'll be teaching some aspects that I, I learned from the retreat oh oh wow that's gonna Just be a bonus. immersed for a whole week with some of the best, the masters in the game. And um, yeah, so I learned how to sketch with three colors, three it's primary three, colors. Three primary colors. It's going to be a treat for the people who will be. Yeah, that's actually, I always thought, oh, buy more colors. Buy more. It's not about buying yeah. more colors. It's about understanding the color wheel and how things are harmonious and how you can combine them and mix them. Okay. Yeah, we're going to look forward to your mini workshop. Along your mission statement on your website says that you would want to guide people to awaken their inner yes. artists to awaken super sketching skills without That's needing right. or technical know-how. What pieces of advice or nuggets of wisdom can you share with our listeners and our audience? Yeah, I, I talk about awakening your inner artist because... I think that we all have an inner artist within us. Mm -hmm. um, even our, our, our life is a, it's a masterpiece in itself. So just the act of art I've learned recently, more as of late, is to produce, to learn, produce, to create, produce, to iterate, and to grow. Um, initially, I was creating, I wanted each sketch to be gallery ready like masterpiece each one I wanted this sketchbook to be like a perfect thing but now it's like it's actually create a lot create a lot and I, I learned that recently um, from this retreat as well to punch those colors get like get some good juicy watercolors get like get in there and it's actually as long as you have like perspective and proportion down as like a fundamental value then from there it's just your character that's producing like and and, and that your your um personality that's coming through the sketch 
So like you, the line work doesn't even need to be, it's not perfect. It could be mm-hmm. loose. It could be as long as you have that proportion, right. Mm-hmm. And which will take practice and repetition after that, if you um, have fun with just like splattering and punching color and, okay. and doing stuff. So initially like the technical know-how, like when we're learning about vanishing points, horizon line, I wasn't connecting with these terms. Now I, I understand them more, but uh, it helped to just have understand perspective intuitively, knowing, you know, that I, I think of the horizon line, like your eye level, mm-hmm. everything above it. I go, okay, I find the thing that's closest to me and I find that corner of that point, And then I go, whatever's up is down. I draw it down. Okay. Regardless, anywhere you are, if you look above that point, I thought I say that eye level is like a magnet. Okay. I go from up there and that magnet, it's like draws it down. And then whatever's down, you draw it up. And that you get this like, you naturally get perspective. But it's so hard because our mind plays tricks on us. That's true. That's true. So it's just having those kind of uh, fundamental kind of intuitive know-hows that help with making it less technical and more about just understanding how how things come together like that thanks alan i i enjoyed our conversation i learned so much i love the stories that you shared and especially that it's rooted on your purpose to connect create and serve such amazing words from a seasoned artist like yourself and we do look forward hearing more of your stories learning more from you through your classes and your workshop with Etcher. And yeah. I'm excited for a class because with just additional tip that you mentioned, I know there's still a lot in your pocket that you can share with our audience. And I look forward, probably attend your class. Definitely. We'll watch out for that. Awesome. So, I can't um, wait. Okay. So if you, if you guys are interested, please do watch out for Alan's live demo. Again, I'm going to include that in the description as well as his mini workshop that's happening this September. Alan, thank you so much for your time, for your stories, for sharing your heart with us. As an artist, I had an amazing time chatting with you, and I look forward um, to more of your works on the gram or on your website, uh, which is great. Yes, thank you, Jesse. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 I feel like I've traveled to different places after speaking to Alan. Art indeed has a way of transporting us to far-flung places memory and time and to one experience. And sometimes we all need a little nudge or a conversation with a stranger to realize that we are called to do something beyond ourselves. This was such a fun episode and I hope you will take some time to quote-unquote see the lines. How has art shifted your lifestyle, your relationships, or how you see people and things around you? Well, we would love to hear your stories too, so do share them with us through the blog post associated with this podcast at etcherlab.com slash align. Want to know what goes behind the scenes here at Etcher? We heard ya. We are lifting the curtain and giving you VIP access to do just that. Get to know who does what here at Etcher Lab. Joining me for today's Etcher Team Spotlight is Janet. Backstory for you guys that we started around the same time. But I would like to introduce her to you and say that she is also an artist an introvert and a storyteller she's very good with words she's a mom she plays with colors she loves books cats tacos ice cream and iced coffee so without further ado please welcome to make more art hi janet 
Hello, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. So we both started around the same time. It was about like mm-hmm. two or three months ago. Is that right? Yeah, in the, sort of the beginning of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. How did you end up with Etcher? Because I know you're a teacher by profession. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, it's kind of a funny story because Kitty was my <laughs> yoga teacher and we worked or we went to the same pottery studio. So I had been following her Instagram, watching her progress and her drawing and her art. And I said, hey, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm watching these videos from this company called Etcher. So I started watching the, the workshops and doing the classes and everything. And then um, June Pierre's beginner watercolor class started. So I said, okay, I'm doing it. Watercolor is like the antithesis of my personality and how I function because okay. it's so uncontrollable and loose and just kind of whatever. Whereas mm-hmm. I'm a very linear, like direct, got to have, you know, a structure and everything in order kind of person. So I wanted to try watercolor to stretch myself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, a little while during that, I saw um, an ad on Instagram saying, hey, we're looking for hosts. And I said, I can do that. So <laughs> I, I, I signed up or I you know, filled out the, in, the application. And then Anya called me and said, hey, we really want you to be a host. And I said, awesome. And she said, how did you find us? And I said, Kitty is my friend. And she said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> So I started hosting and I thought it it was perfect because it's like, I get to hang out with artists and learn about art and they're going to pay me for it. What? (laughs) That's the best part. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I told, I told, I felt, I put in my application. I'm like, you can just pay me in art supplies. I don't, I don't need money. (laughs) So, you know, it works out well. (laughs) I feel the same way. What's interesting about you as well, Janet, is that I know that you love words, right? And Mm -hmm. you enjoy being a studio host. But now you stepped into another role, which is the copywriter for Etcher. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? That was kind of another um, universe push in that um, one day during one of our host meetings, they said, hey, Etcher is looking for a copywriter. Would anybody be interested? Well, I teach high school English. I have a, you know, a master's degree in English and I'm a part-time writer in my, you know, for my own stuff. And I've spent, you know, 12 years editing other people's copy in that, you know, grading papers. And I said, sure, I'll do it. So when I talked to Simon about it, it actually kind of worked out perfectly because we were, he was looking for someone that wasn't necessarily like business copy focused, but more Mm -hmm. translating the art language into stuff everybody could understand. So really, it just everything about the position was perfect for everything, my whole experience, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have the artist experience, teaching the words, the language, the editing, it was it just worked out really well. So I've been doing that for about two months now. And I absolutely love it. And we love it too. You've been doing us a huge favor, editing our copies, especially the well, podcast. <laughs> well, it's it's really fun because, you know, playing with words is, is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And uh, it, it it's so fun. I get to do silly little things. Um, there's there's an Instagram ad coming out in the next couple of days where someone had painted a bunch of oranges in the shape of a pineapple. 
So, oh. of course, I wrote a knock-knock joke for it. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm going to look forward so, to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just get to do little fun things like that, and it it's perfect. I really love it. That's really nice to hear. So, being the studio host and copywriter, I'm not going to ask you to choose between the two, because I know you love doing both. But what is your like the most favorite thing about doing those roles well okay for the studio host part I love that I mean literally I get to hang out with artists and we we chat and I get to ask questions because I still consider myself a newbie at art um you know I've been doing art my whole life but nothing Mm -hmm. like formal I didn't go to art school or anything and so I just get to ask these artists questions and say oh how'd you do that or wow do that again and I I mean, I'm getting my own personal individual art lessons. That's true. Oh, oh yeah. And I have an audience that I'm interacting with and asking their questions too. So it's, uh, it's, it's art lessons that they pay me to take. There's, there's nothing better. And then of course, for the, the copywriting, um, part of it is, well, the vast majority is that I get to play with words and, and do what I'm good at, you know, is, yeah. is the editing and the coordinating and organizing. Um, but also, you know, I get to see all of the things that are coming in advance. So I can be <laughs> like, oh, I want to take that class or, oh, I'm going to sign up for that. And, That's true. Um, you know, perfect. I get... Yeah, yeah, I get I get kind of insider information about what's coming. Yeah. It's just fun. And um, I was also doing um, like instructions for the fountain pens and that mm. kind of thing. So, you know, it's just it's fun. I actually got to ask my husband to help me with that because he's an engineer. And so he writes technical instructions all the time. Yeah. And so I said, hey, can you take a peek at this to make sure I'm making sense? And so that was just kind of neat. And it's fun to get to do new things and creative things and get all the inside info. I love that. Janet, thank you so much for joining me on this segment for the Make More Art podcast. And thank you for doing all the copies and you're such an amazing host. Yeah, such an amazing host. I I usually watch her live demos because she's dropping all the links, like, you know, bam, (laughs) she's really (laughs) excited. So thank you so much for joining the Make More Art podcast and uh, look forward to seeing more of your copies and thank you for editing mine. Thanks, John. All right, bye. Bye. We would love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a five-star review on the Apple podcast or you can find us on YouTube at Etra Studio. And oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.